0: You're listening to the Communicate with Confidence podcast with me, your host, Luke Maxwell. This podcast is dedicated to helping you build confidence, increase your communication skills, and journey with me in the relentless pursuit of what you want most in life. In this episode, I'm so happy to have Colton Bollinger on here. He's a sculpt-loving CEO of Jumper. Media, a great storytelling digital agency here in San Diego, where I am. And I actually found out about them through my brother, who did some work with them, who was interning, did some did some consulting, and he just had such rave reviews about it. I had to contact them and see what this was all about. So thank you so much, Colton, for being on here today. Hey,
1: I'm excited to be here, Luke. Thank you for having me.
0: There is a lot to go through and I want to make sure I value your time. And so I want to, I want to, I want to cut, contrast and compare right now. Right now you're the CEO of what you have 50 employees, correct? Correct. So of a decent sized digital agency, which is not easy to do. And you grew this in a period of two years going from zero to $6 million, correct? In in fund that is in income yeah so it's very impressive but i want to contrast that to and go back and i want to go back to the first job you had kind of where this started and how you learned from that and how you grew from way back then until now what does that journey look like
1: yeah so when i was basically i mean going through college i was working for my dad's company and he had he's a produce broker um, so he basically sold bought and sold fruit mostly strawberries Um, i did a lot of his invoicing just kind of talking to his clients Mm -hmm. um you know a lot of just like collecting bills and or collecting checks and things like that um and when i got out of college i went to law school for a year Um, during that time i was doing another basically got involved with a startup um in the golf industry it's like a crm system for golf instructors and that came out of um a a, an event called startup weekend and i don't know if you've ever heard of it luke but they do it they do it around you know i think all over the world at this point but usually colleges sponsor it. my college up in monterey bay Mm -hmm. um, they held i think it was their first or second one at the school Um, my entrepreneurship teacher my senior year in college was you know, very involved with it and he gave everybody extra mm-hmm. credit who went. And I was like, oh great, I'm gonna get extra credit. <laughs> yeah. And I was the only one in the class who did it. Oh um, wow. And we ended up winning the competition <laughs> and got approached by some VCs to to invest in this and start this company. And it was that's kind of what even got me in in the mindset of building some software or like getting involved with the startup scene. Um, okay. so I was planning on just going to law school, right? I had already, already submitted my, my LSATs mm-hmm. and, and did everything, and, and I did that. I still continue to go to law school, but oh, it really? was really okay. a side hustle of a startup, but, and that's kind of what led me to take leave from law school and would never go back and focus on the startup, oh, and that's okay. what this whole Instagram thing got started around just accidentally.
0: So, he, yeah. I mean, that is... and. Th- the safety of getting a law degree and going into, you know, digital marketing. I mean, that is a that is a jump. And I know like cuz I know my jump wasn't nearly that big and it was still scary, you know, going headfirst into the entrepreneurial world, no consistent paycheck, no boss and figuring it out on your own. And to go from that um what a journey. And I I kind of want to see like how 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 did you get started? How did why did you choose Instagram to really focus on and really storytell tell through?
1: Well, first of all, it's funny that you that you mentioned that because I think my dad still wants me to go back to law school to fall back. Into, <laughs> you know? it's, uh, it's, it's, it's I it's I bad feel bad you, bad but it's the Instagram thing came upon you know when I was doing that golf startup, I was building yeah. Instagram because I saw a lot of like our target audience using the platform mm-hmm. and which were instructors in, the, in okay. the game of golf. And, and so I was trying to engage with them and I was kind of just growth hacking it, trying to grow my audience and reach them. Um, mm-hmm. And it worked. I was getting some some contacts. I was getting in touch through DMs. Um, and then one of the instructors actually reached out to me and he was like, Hey, how are you growing your Instagram? I'm, I'm interested <laughs> in driving my business leads for me through there. Um, and I started doing it for free for him just to build the relationship for my other company. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was something that was an eye-opening moment for me with Instagram is it was right before that switch happened where like two and a half years ago, people and businesses were creating content Facebook first is I guess how yeah. I would frame it. Yeah. Um, so they would create it for Facebook and then share it to Instagram and Twitter right now it's, it's, and Twitter had a lot of other like limitations with characters and images and videos and stuff, but they would share it from Facebook to Instagram. Now, you know, fast forward and it's reversed. So everybody creates it for Instagram first and then shares it to Facebook. And, and I got in right right, right at the cusp of that starting to happen. Like, I just ironic, mm-hmm. like luckily. Uh, right. And I saw the opportunity on Instagram and, and basically just saw the results of this. This guy made like $2,000 in lesson sales from Instagram direct wow. messages in a month. Um, just for me, like, you know, engaging with some golfers in Miami. And so from there, I was very doubtful that people would be able to make money through this thing and like I would help businesses <laughs> yep. cuz I'm just growing their Instagram followers right right um, and and like unexpectedly somehow they started referring more people and it became you know that golf instructor referred probably about 20 business owners over the next you know 3 or 4 months um, who ended up, you know, kind of becoming our first little niche, like pod of customers that allowed us to expand from, um, and that's, that's kind of how, how we got started is just being that Instagram focused agency. And then slowly, mm-hmm. but surely things started becoming more and more Instagram focused with businesses across the board. So right. it, us staying in that position in the market, I think helped a lot of businesses migrate towards us when they're looking for results in that specific, um, like platform.
0: I see, yeah, and and I can speak, like, as someone who's been in marketing, you know, for a good, what, six years or so, I've learned, I think anyone else who does, you know, Instagram even semi-professionally knows that compared to any other social media platform, Instagram is great for growing an audience and getting engagement and interacting with people and reaching out, it's by far my favorite platform for business and maybe second for actual, like, personal use, um, it's a great balance between Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and incorporates all those elements well. So I think that was a really smart decision. I was looking through um, Jumper Media's Instagram and your Instagram, especially you see the level of professionality and focus where it feels like it belongs on Instagram. It's not being shared. You know, you don't feel like, oh, this is just a piece of content that you just created and just put out there. It feels like it belongs there. So I wanted to, first of all, just give you that feedback from me when I was looking through your Instagram, which I highly recommend for everybody else um, to look at. So Jumper Media, uh, Jumper Media's Instagram, and of course, we'll have all the links at the end and in the show notes at the CommunicateWithConfidencePodcast.com, and Every journey sounds, when you're at a place like where you are right now, it sounds amazing. Everyone, you know, myself, a lot of people will be like, oh, be the CEO of, you know, a company with 50 plus people, you know, having thousands of clients, making millions of, you know, in in income. And that sounds absolutely great. And I congratulate you on working to get this because it's not easy to do that, um, especially just from the ground up. But what we sometimes don't like hearing or is the moments that weren't so great in the journey, the times where you felt like giving up and so many people, when they're trying to get to the place where you are right now, they're in that rut right now. They're in that place where they feel like, Oh, I won't accomplish this because I'm in this place. But I know you've made, (laughs) I know you've made mistakes. We all have, um, tell us maybe one or two, you know, or maybe focus on one of those times where it just, everything seemed to go wrong. You seemed to just keep on making mistakes and you felt you wouldn't be able to push past it and get to the place where you are now.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I think we, we all have moments like that. Um, I, I think we've had a lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just all, you know, growth, 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 growth and, yep. and happy days. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, f- for me, I think, you know, a lot of the emphasis is on me. There's, this would not happen without like leveraging relationships and people around me who I knew were smarter and and able to do things I couldn't. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. that was probably my first, my first recognition of like a, a tough time where I was like, could I get through this, um, was when, you know, we were starting this thing, it was growing and and there are things I just don't know about. Right. Like, especially when you start hiring organization and and processes and, and not coming from a corporate background, that Mm -hmm. was where I was kind of looking to people around me to help, um, and at a place of you know, maybe this isn't I'm not I don't know the most about this, right? But when I brought in my two of my best friends, Gian Pepe and and Peter Sersha, they both had backgrounds in you know sales from high level corporations and organization from from another high level corporation that they brought a lot of the things I didn't to the to the combination. Yeah. Uh, and that's how we do overcome a lot of problems like, there's changes with Instagram, there's changes with demands from expectations and customers, right? Um, I mean, mm-hmm. we've had months where we lost money, we've had months where we mm-hmm. we were stagnant or lost a ton of customers, right? And it's how you scale and, and get around those things with backup plans. I think that, at least for me personally, is, is how I get through them and don't necessarily get myself in a rut. Um, it's more mm-hmm. about a little bit of lost opportunity, but once, once we found any form of success and revenue coming in, and a and somewhat of a of an idea of of how we can grow and scale things with processes, mm-hmm. uh, my first thought is, I mean, I, I get to and tell you every single specific instance of you know you know terrible days or things we're going through or you know, but everyone's is yeah. di- are different, right in, right? in those regards, but I think in the the things I've learned the most from those days, we all have them, mm-hmm. and we all have struggles. It's, it was just keeping in mind that when I had good days and we had good months and things that we knew worked and clients loved, it was about how do we leverage that for, you know, future growth, but also reinvest into the things we can differentiate that supplement that kind of, um, I guess, complement those services. And that's what we've done over the last two years, right? That's We've scaled a lot. I mean, we haven't been $6 million a year, but, you know, I'm, I'm still paying myself twenty four grand a year, right? Where <laughs> you're, you're just Mm -hmm. basically trying to diversify into as many complimenting services that, you know, you can help clients with more so you can upsell current ones and add more value. Um, but also deflect a little bit of the risk for yourself, right? I mean, if something happens with one aspect of the business, there are other things running and flowing now that we Mm -hmm. spent time and effort creating during the good times, right? Without necessarily going and buying Porsches. (laughs) Because yeah. we figured this is gonna be more valuable to the company as a whole and protect us. And that helps minimize some of those bad days a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. because there's other things to help get you through them. And that that's one thing I see. I mean, maybe on the front end at least, you know, some agency owners or, or, or people with businesses like, you know, it's they run it and they find this this quick route to to cash flow and, and they grow it for three, four years and then markets change and they sell the business or close it up and and move on to something else. And, and I think here at, at jumper, what, what we've built together, um, hopefully something that kind of endures a lot more and we can grow and adapt with, with the ever changing social media. And that's, and that's something that I think as digital marketers now getting into the market today and thinking about this, I mean, shit, it's moving so fast. There's, there's you, if you don't build something that's adaptable and and you can take, take changes well, it's going to be really tough to build any type of team, right? You're going to, you're going to struggle to grow and scale because you're not changing as fast as the market is Um, Mm -hmm. and learning new technologies and learning things that are, that are coming in. So that, that's kind of the one thing is like, just, just don't get too clouded with your own success. It's like, you need to be waking up the next day and thinking about how can I protect myself or start planning for, for the backup plan or, or what's going, what else I can do to, to create revenue from some other source that's not gonna have all my cookies in one jar.
0: Yep, exactly, and I thank you for that because there's a lot of good info to unpack and I think you know some of the main lessons we could draw, especially, I mean, from your story is that you want to, when times get tough, we all, we all need help in, in every regard, right? Business, life, whatever it is. And when it comes to personal struggles, oftentimes we'll turn to friends and family and people we know to help us out. But for some reason, when it comes to business, we don't really have the same impulse to do that. And so surrounding yourself, you know, having a business partner, I know that having a business partner, even if it was only for a year, taught me so much about everything and also was the only reason I was able, we were able to, you know, make what we did and and build what we did. Um, I never could have done on my own. So I think that's one lesson. And then also just, um, it's it's adapting and changing i mean i remember when i was i took a social media class in in college and i literally was like hey by the way this up facebook up changed this yesterday and then we're like this now what what we're talking about is irrelevant because it does it's changed now it's different and so especially with social media it's a tough market to be in because you you have to be you have to stay up on date every single day and sometimes every you know twice a day I remember I was like checking, checking the news. Oh, wait, this is changing. Wait, I think Facebook changed the algorithm. There's a new, and then so it's a tough business to be in, especially when, as you grow, because changing a large business, you know, you can't just flip down on a dime when it's just a solopreneur. Um, so I applaud you for, you know, keep, keep on going and seeing how you've adapted, you know, visually, seeing how you've adapted with the market. <music> And I kinda wanted to take this opportunity to, to um, look at maybe a success story, because it's I don't I don't like focusing on all the doom and gloom. I like taking lessons from that, but I also like showcasing the good parts of it, the the great parts of of building the life of moving in the direction that you moved in. So are there any specific client stories that you're really proud of? And of course I know sometimes we need to respect privacy and all that, um, depending on what's signed but is there any project in particular that you worked on or your team worked on that you're really proud of?
1: You know, there's, there's probably a ton, like every, every new (laughs) new project we take on that, you know, I would say that puts us out of our comfort zone that we have to learn something and try something new or, or Mm -hmm. or figure out how to do as a, as a team. Those are always the most fun um, and most rewarding because you're, you're growing as well uh, Mm -hmm. together. But I think that, for me that those success moments are are the most exciting moments here at jumper with our team is, is when a team is when someone on the team steps up and and accomplishes something that they didn't expect or that they um, have grown a ton from. Right. And I know there's, there's a good handful of people here. We didn't have the funds. We didn't raise money. So we hired people out of college and didn't pay them the highest salaries. Right. So it's one of those things where, Everybody, there wasn't a ton of micromanaging. There wasn't time to come in and have a structured onboarding. Like, okay, for the first six weeks, these are your things you're going to do to get up to speed. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. here's here's a week of stuff to figure <laughs> out, like listen to our calls. You know, this is how it works. Figure yep. it out. Like here are your clients, right? And right. the ones that figured it out and, and looked at what we could do better and how they could add value and they started their own teams and, and really you have really five or six people here leading teams of five to 10 people right wow. at the age of 23 or 24 <laughs> it's just like mm-hmm. it's so cool to see them be able to do that and myself i'm 27 i'm still trying to figure out half the stuff to do here <laughs> oh, yeah. and learn every day because i make as many mistakes as anybody else it's mm-hmm. just you know managing and growing and being able to do things you didn't expect at, at these ages i think is so cool to see and when they step up and do it when everyone I talk to with other business owners, they're like, you know, oh, I, I, I won't hire anyone senior again or, or who's not senior again. Or, you know, dealing with that age group is so difficult because they're all entitled and everything else. <laughs> it's there, there are some of people at our age. Yeah. right? But yeah. Entitled people time, at every age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? At the same time, it's like I think we've just gotten very lucky to, to be able to have some of the people who aren't and who know how to how to Mm -hmm. use their drive and effort to get to certain goals in their life and realize opportunities. And, and that's, those are my greatest success moments of like being able to share that with them and, and somewhat hopefully enable more of it. Right. Um, Right. Those are really, really refreshing to see if someone just like step up and kill it and, and be able to put them in a place where they can inspire other people to do it too.
0: No, I mean, and I think that shows, I think that shows a lot of the soul of jumper media, um, you know, that I kind of catch glimpses of and, I it took me a long time to to realize how important a team actually is. They're not just people. You don't just hire someone, you do this job and any you're just a cog, you know, anyone else can do that job. And I realized, you know, seeing, you know, being in the workforce Um, because I didn't have normal jobs for a while and seeing that for the first time and I went oh wait actually it matters a whole lot you know who the person is what their personality is and what they enjoy what you know and their passions and all of that matters so much in choosing and I love that you're you know fostering that because it's getting increasingly hard to you know get into a lot of different markets you know straight out of college and I love to see you helping them build that and we're going along the theme of you know client the client work the business side of it this is you know this is this podcast is you know about communicating with confidence and part of that communication that um, i've mentioned a couple times you know over the last year is through digital media and storytelling and i would just kind of pick your brain a little bit about when a new client approaches you when you're starting a new deal what, what, what process do you go through, or you and your team go through, when it comes to telling their story on social media or through video or through content?
1: Right. No, I mean, storytelling is becoming more and more important because I think consumers mm-hmm. are, are much more educated in the sense of maybe educated is not the right word, but they're much more um, keen to, to kind of what businesses' purposes are and how they're helping change things and how they're positively impacting you know our communities our our people our our lifestyle right it's so telling that story if there is one underlying besides behind the product is something that i think former brands are turning to they want to create a perception that you know they are more than just their product or what their offering of service is right Right. so bringing that out is really fun sometimes um, especially (laughs) when there is a really unique story that we get to tell and that's, I think, why we all do this, is, like, there are those stories where it's, like, you know, you can emotionally affect someone or you can create a, a whole campaign around what this brand really was based off of and, you know, who's behind mm-hmm. it and why. Um, but, I mean, we always look at a, at a couple keen things. If, if we're look, building, like, a social campaign for someone, um, the kind of the, the two pillars I've always based everything off of are their expertise in the market and then, mm-hmm. like, social proof um, and then you know, a lot of the times it's figuring out how you can combine those two in some posts or some pieces of content. Um, Mm -hmm. but you've got to be able to establish whatever brand person, you know, it could be an influencer or speaker, um, or product, you know, why they are the expert in the market or why it is, you know, the best, um, or why, what, what differentiates it in the market. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. something that, you know, Using a, a person as an example, it's like you see all these coaches, right? All these people who are trying to influence and become the next Gary Vee. Well, it's, it's, there, there's certain things that have to happen to go into that to add trust. And it's, you know, Gary Vee didn't get there because he got up in front of everybody and started talking about social media. He got there because right. he started the wine library with his dad and worked his ass off and, mm-hmm. yep. and got his way through that by just figuring it out and doing what he believed in and not following the status quo. Okay. Right. And, and guess what? It worked a little bit for him. Okay. And then it started mm-hmm. working more and, and then he started talking about it. And now all of a sudden he has something to build off of and leverage the fact that he he walked the walk. He's not just talking the talk. And I think that's the most, you know, inspirational thing across the board when it comes to people. Um and building that trust. So when you're when you're talking about on your social channels, whether it's a brand or whether it's a person, personal brand. Mm-hmm showcasing that, figuring out a way to tell that story. Like I've been there, you know, this is, this is why you should trust me. This is why I'm an expert in the field. That's part of it. Right. And so Mm thinking, thinking about content creation that way of like how we can put them in that light is important. And then the social proof of of things of happy clients, you know, people who are using it, um, people already buying it or, or, or benefiting from Mm -hmm. it. So all of those pieces kind of like collaborate together um to build a good channel. Um and okay. you know, I mean, then there's there's always fillers in there. You can't have every post be that. But when you're talking <laughs> about social media, it's like the the underlying thought for every post is is it going to positively affect the audience? Are they going to get some type of value out of it? Is it something they can relate to or, or that resonates with them? And if it isn't, don't freaking post it. That's like the <laughs> That's the biggest thing that I think we deal with when clients come to us, especially smaller businesses and people getting started. It's, you know, you're posting about your dog, you're posting about your breakfast yesterday. You know, no. great, you got a new bike. This is your business page, right? I mean, <laughs> I love your new Mercedes grind. Yeah, you're really working hard, right? But it doesn't affect my perception of you personally, like, or right. positively, right? I mean, the fact right. that you're in a Lamborghini is, is great. Congratulations. Yeah. But you're still a douchebag right?
0: <laughs> yep. so- or leasing it, but yes. <laughs>
1: right. But I mean, when, if that post was a little bit different, I mean, say he's in his Lamborghini and it was like, Hey, you know, I happened to be in Miami yesterday getting lunch and, and I had always dreamed about, you know, driving a Lamborghini and this guy came up and I complimented on his car and he walked by and he turned around and stopped and he said, you know, Hey, you know, do you want to go for a spin in it? And I never would have expected, you know, just opening my mouth and talking to someone, you know, randomly throughout the day would lead to such an opportunity like this, where I could live a childhood dream almost, but also understand how cool some people are, you know, who, who have attained that journey. And I got to learn a lot about his business and how he got there, you know, during that ride, which is even better. Just always remember, you know, don't be bashful and talk to people around you because you never know what can come of it, right? Like something, if that was the caption with the, with the same picture, two completely different reactions. Right oh, yeah. and, and, per- and perceptions from the audience, mm-hmm. so that shows you how important some words are, and just framing a piece of content could be true mm-hmm. or not. But <laughs> yeah, you know, that that's hopefully it'd be true. Of, but yes, right. But those are some of the things that you can frame differently.
0: I see. So yeah. So framing and framing is a word I've actually been hearing a lot about. I don't know if you're familiar. There's um, there's a there's a very um dry book i think i would say you know it's not one of these you know like change your life and frame your mind whatever it's it's a very dry marketing sales advice book that a friend of mine was trying to explain to me and it's all about framing and to the point where we don't even really know what framing is but it is a thing and so it's something i don't know i don't have you i'm just curious because you use that word I, i don't know if you're familiar with the whole theory behind framing or well, I mean,
1: framing in, in the creative world is a little bit different than I think framing in, you know, perspective wise in, okay. in life. Right. But but I mean they are similar in, in some ways, right? It's like, you know, you're you're trying to create the most visually appealing,
0: you know, moment
1: with what you're capturing. Right. Got and it. and right. visually or, or mentally appealing, I think, are, you know, like, you know, they, they kinda go hand in hand, I guess. But
0: mm-hmm. when
1: I when we're framing things in the right light for a customer or client, um, right. Sometimes, I mean, it's always different depending on the business, but I think it's important to understand your audience first and foremost, right? I mean, if your audience are all douchebags, then for, first, then I'm going to be posting the first one, right? Like they can relate to that. Right. But if, if you think about who your audience is and what they care about and, and what's mm-hmm. going to make you more liked and, and want to be, you know, r- or resonate with those people, that's the first step and from there you can create a really good content strategy around that um and it's and it's not always creating content for your customer necessarily it's creating content for who who is really like going to be watching and and engaging with your brand and that's that's a whole other thing right it's like ferrari is a great example of that is they have 14 million followers on instagram and how many of those people are actually gonna buy a ferrari
0: (laughs) very small 0.01 percent yeah
1: so, if they went about their content creation just to apply to the 1% of the 1%ers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think they'd still have the following and, and the engagement they would, right? They're creating right. content to build up the audience that helps build that content to be seen on the phones of those 1%ers, right? Exactly. They want them to all help build the brand up so that it's something the one percenters get triggered by. And that's mm-hmm. a different content strategy than most businesses we see come in the door where they're just posting nice. about me, 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 me. We have a discount. Mm-hmm. We're doing this. Look at how cool our team yep. is. Our product is the best. Did you see this picture of me and my dog? Yet they don't think about what their audience cares about. And that's that's a different strategy.
0: Yeah, that's the that that's the tough world of the consulting. I mean, just in the consulting world in general, especially with marketing, is that many companies will think, "Oh no, I don't like this. I, this is not apply to me." Like, no, this isn't for you. You don't know. And try and then trying to explain that when someone who doesn't understand social media is quite 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 the effort. And so, I wrapping this up now, you know, because sensitive of your time. But for those of uh, people listening, right, who are either trying to start their passion, right? Or in the middle of it and maybe not doing so well and really trying to figure it out, getting a little bit of traction. What what are some points? Like what's some actionable advice maybe they can implement today or this week or this month that can help them just push a little bit further and improve just a little bit in their journey.
1: Um the the best piece of advice I can like I can give is to give Right and 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 when I say to give, I mean we're all usually we're all asking for something, um, especially when you get started. You need help from people, right? Help me do this. Help me do this. I really would appreciate your help if you could do this. I'm trying to get my business off the ground. And you think you'd help me out? I, I I mean it was very rare where I asked for help when I started. Um, not not because I didn't think I needed help. It's because I, I didn't really see a positive reaction when I tried it. Right? It's it's harder mm-hmm. to to gain traction when you're asking people for things all the time but when i found just starting to do it for them and not ask for anything that's when i saw the most positive growth in our business and i still see it today right when you're doing things for someone unexpectedly it puts a different light in their heart right to want to help you even more than if you asked in the first place so like everybody says it doesn't hurt to ask it doesn't hurt to ask ever right Right. but sometimes thinking about that asking a different way right like everybody kind of assumes you don't do something for them without something to get out of it like and mm-hmm. and i mean look I, you'd, you'd be lying if you sat here and told me like i just do this because i don't i don't want anything out of it right i mean <laughs> right. lying there's it's always going to be some yeah, type of of, of of secret thought of like if i do this maybe they'll do this right right totally right if i buy you a coke you're going to buy me a meal next time you see me because you feel so shitty yep. Yeah. So that's a good old saying. But I mean, especially for creatives and like agencies and stuff, I was just at the beach the other day and I was sitting there and I was like, God, I wish I had a camera right now because I'd walk around to every family taking photos and trying to take selfies. And I'd have a card and I'd say, hey, would you like me to take my take your photo of you and your family at the beach here visiting? Here's my card. Give me and I'll, and send me your email and I'll email you the photos. Love to do that for you. I'm just out here having a fun time. This is just You know, I'm just starting a business and, and I figured I'd help you out. Boom. Yep. Do you know how many yep. emails if you do that on a Saturday at PB in Mission Beach, oh, yeah. you'd probably get about a hundred people. you could go through there and get a hundred people in a day. Easily. Yeah, yeah. And and I bet one or two of those people would book you for family portraits next week. You yep. know, it's just things like that. And then instead they're, you know, what are you doing on Saturdays? You're not doing that. You're out there doing stupid stuff. And I mean mm-hmm. it's just thinking about opportunities where sometimes giving will open up doors you don't expect. And and that's the right. most valuable thing I've learned is like I you don't know where those where those relationships will lead to. But exactly. one of those people who you took a picture of could own four chains or could own, you know, a lot yeah. of businesses that lead mm-hmm. to a lot of other businesses. And they don't typically see that. That's the difference is now you're standing out today. Yep. And that's. And I yeah. Get-
0: and and I and I and I love that you mentioned that because there's there's this element. And I had a guest um, recently. We were, we were discussing this about luck and about people thinking, oh, I just need to get lucky to win because you look at a lot of different you know successful entrepreneurs and people in general celebrities and they were at the right place at the right time and you think wow they just got lucky you know i i just have to get lucky in order to win it's like no if they didn't put themselves out there you know if you don't con- if you don't try to take those hundred pictures you're not gonna meet that person and you know you don't know what's gonna happen nothing a lucky thing won't happen to you without you trying to achieve you know and have that success and so it's just a part of it is if nothing will happen if you don't try to make it happen you know, the odds of you becoming successful just sitting here and then all of a sudden you're getting a random email or you happen to bump into someone is almost non-existent. But putting yourself out there consistently, meeting people and talking to people and giving is the sure most surefire way to stumble upon something that will just give you such a boost and also just build yourself over time. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of building slow and consistent because as long as you're improving, you are improving. And so thank you so much for spending this time with us, Colton. Um, there's a ton of actual, advice that i just can't wait to listen to and unpack i mean even just for myself i love learning something new and getting new perspectives but this is your opportunity where can people find out more about you where where do you want people who listen to this where do you want them to go
1: luke thank you so much for having me um yeah i mean i i would say just based on everybody listening to listen here if you're in san diego um you know just shoot us an email at jumpermedia.co i know you know we're always looking for internships and and New people to join the team, um, and if there is anyone who needs some social media help, we're here for that too, obviously. But uh, yeah, more than anything, I think you know, just being local and and being around here, I would love to to meet anybody I can. And if you're interested in, in getting more involved in social media, you know, we're we're happy to to have a talk and see where you can add some value.
0: Great, and I want to, and I also want to leave with one thing: is that. Um, I loved your LinkedIn bio. Um, I thought it was a great example of a very casual bio, but at the same time having that professional feel. It's a delicate balance to walk, and I always tend to go on the way more professional side of it. Yeah. And I was looking, I was like, wow, this is a good example. So if you want a good example of you know being young and hip and having a casual yet professional bio, I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, Colton and connect. I encourage you connect with them on LinkedIn. Um, that's a great way to meet new people. People. That's how we got connected was through your business, one of your partners on LinkedIn. And I'm so glad that that happened. Thank you so much for being here. Um, show notes, everything that we talked about are going to be at the Communicate with Confidence podcast. Check out Jumper Media. Do what you love. And remember to always stay on the positive side of things.